You're listening to Environmentally Speaking, a weekly podcast diving into legal matters surrounding the environment, public utilities, energy, zoning, and permitting laws in Rhode Island and the surrounding areas with your host, Marissa Desitel. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this week's Environmentally Speaking. Good morning. I'm Marissa Desitel, an environmental attorney. And I'm Clarice. I'm coming in with questions, comments, topics. And this week, I thought it would be interesting if last week we talked a lot about the drought that's happening out in California. So uh, we're going to do a hard left. We're going to go into wetlands, (laughs) which makes a lot of sense. And why is it a hard left? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess it could be a hard right. I just tend to say left. Wetlands to the left of us. Wetlands to the right of us. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That song's going to be stuck in my head all day now. Great. Good, (laughs) good. Maybe we should, like, have some kind of uh, background intro with that music, and people can just walk around all day singing about wetlands. It's not the oh, worst idea. It. You know, wetlands are really important and a lot of people don't know why and they don't know what they are. When I was working at the Department of Environmental Management, they had this poster in the Office of Water Resources. I don't know where it came from, but I wish I had grabbed a copy. And it was a kind of cartoonish poster, but it explained what what wetlands were, <clears throat> what they looked like, why they were important. And then the, I think the bottom of the poster said something like, why should I care about wetlands on my part? <laughs> <laughs> and that was, the, that was the crux of every single issue that came before the agency in terms of residential wetlands violations. I love their awareness. They're just, yeah. they, they know. Right down. Yeah, they can't tell you why wetlands are cool, but they are, they're going to just tell you why, why should you care today? Yeah. And it really got to the heart of the matter because even now in private practice, the majority of the wetlands calls that we get from potential clients, either dealing with DEM or the Coastal Resources Management Council, are property owners that have received some kind of notice of violation or enforcement order to to restore. And folks don't necessarily understand why. Like what, what is this? Why do I have to restore? It's, it was a mess out there. It was invasive species and I made it better. We get a lot of that. Yep. And also there's that idea of why do I want this swampiness in my yard? I yeah. mean, just at a base level, it might not be visually appealing. Sometimes there are mosquitoes, uh, but I mean, we could spend quite a bit of time talking about why we don't like wetlands, but what's the... What's the pro? Why should we care? What did the poster say? The poster said, and the science says that um, wetlands are so important because they act as a natural buffer system and water retention infrastructure, natural water retention infrastructure. So if you're in a neighborhood that floods, it could be because the wetlands have been impacted. They also... Uh, provide a natural filtration system for pollutants through the the uh, root structure and plants that exist in the wetland, and they recharge groundwater. So when you've got a storm or a, or a, a storm surge, 
all of the water wants to make its way to the lowest point, which is usually a wetland, a swamp, a bog, marsh, mm -hmm. river, stream, and a vernal pool. And it will, the water will collect there and then eventually make its way through infiltration down through the soil to the natural groundwater, which is underneath the soil at a certain depth. And then that groundwater is an underground network where you've got flow that occurs everywhere in every direction, just about depending on the local topography. And that groundwater serves to recharge the entire watershed. So it, it combats drought. It, it's just the natural system by which water is redistributed underground. It also provides habitat for species that are important nesting, foraging, um, breeding for, for various animals. The groundwater recharge makes a lot of sense. Yep. It seems pretty obvious, but it was just something that never crossed my mind. Yeah. And that's a little embarrassing considering that we have a wonderful episode with a river keeper who talked all about the river systems and how it impacts groundwater. So yeah. <clears throat> nice callback to that episode. Yep. And wetlands are a part of that system. You've got freshwater wetlands that the Department of Environmental Management regulates, and then you've got coastal wetlands, which deal more with brackish um, or saltwater wetlands, and that's regulated by CRNC. So you had mentioned earlier about wetland restoration, and we've had this in the past where a client is being asked to restore a wetland on their property. What does that actually look like? How do you do that? Do you just go out there with the hose and soak it for a while and then wait for DEM to be like, look, it's back? Uh, no. Try to think. I, I think someone has actually tried that. Oh. It was unsuccessful. Oh, yeah. I, well, it, it they did make wetlands. It's not the right kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's wetlands is one word, by the way. So it's not wetlands. Actually, well, that's like, what they did. <laughs> term of art. Um, so yeah, a couple of a couple of fine points here. Wetlands restoration is one type of activity. Wetlands rehabilitation is another. And then the the area within uh, wetlands restoration has. Uh, wetlands reestablishment, kind of a subcategory, in my mind anyway. That's how working in Rhode Island, that's how the, the program seems to move. So the, the wetlands rehabilitation is when the functions and values of a wetland have to be rehabilitated. And that just presumes that there was some kind of impact that can be remedied through restorative work. That's a, that's a, a different area of the wetlands program than what restoration is and what I wanted to talk about today. So the, the reestablishment is rebuilding something that was formerly a wetland, but has been impacted to such an extent <clears throat> that it's lost its functions and values. And when you are talking about wetlands restoration, sometimes at least at the Rhode Island state level, that is the that type of activity is the result of someone receiving a notice of violation for impacting a wetland and 
you're not necessarily restoring it in the same location that it previously existed. What is, the hell does that mean? Um, I have no idea helping. Yeah, right? And I, as I was talking, I'm like, that, it's not intuitive. Um, so sometimes folks will undertake an activity that impacts a wetland to such an extent that it can't be rebuilt. For example, someone clear cuts a swamp or other wetlands, fills it in, and then builds on it. DEM does have the statutory authority to go to Superior Court and try to force the respondent to take down the property and pull out the fill and replant everything. However, what is more common in those circumstances is DEM will work with the respondent and allow them to at least attempt to rebuild a wetland somewhere else. So you're you're recreating um, the wetland that you impacted, but in a different location. Does that have, how successful is that? Is mm-hmm. moving a wet, okay, that's, <laughs> that's what I had in mind. I was like, because, just because you've destroyed a wetland in this area, what impacts does making a new one, maybe a couple feet, a couple blocks away, I don't know what the range is, but how does that affect everything? That's a, that's a, that's a great question. Um, and to deal with that question, the Department of Environmental Management has a policy, I think. I don't know if it's in the regulations. I haven't looked at it in a little while. But there is a policy that if you are going to create wetlands elsewhere, there's, a I think, a two-to-one ratio. So you have to rebuild or you have to build a wetland twice the size as what you destroyed. Because the idea is you don't know if it's going to take, you don't know if it does take how long it's going to last, and you don't know what the quality of it is going to be. So I think that was the concept that we'll, we'll try this, we'll allow it in cases where it's just not feasible to restore the wetland and to belt and suspenders the situation, we're going to require a larger wetland because if it does work, there'll be twice the function and value of the wetlands and that's the theory huh what's the what does the process look like of making a wetland i imagine since you said a wetland's a lowland yep there's a lot of digging out yes are you essentially in my mind you're creating a pond am i wrong yeah, in that a pond. yep i don't know enough about wetlands um technical specifications other than there's a there's like a, a two to one slope or a three to one slope that you have to have. There's certain um, seed and and plantings that you have to put in to ensure that species are going to be interested in coming in. And and location wise, if memory serves, that is a topic that you negotiate with the state agency. How often have you seen, um, how often have you seen people create new wetlands or essentially replace? I saw it happen twice while I was working for DEM. I don't know if they're still allowing it. Um, I imagine they are. And the case that I was involved with had been going on for something like 
20 years by the time I got involved. We were in Superior Court and um, the judge had ordered something called a special master, which sounds very Game of Thrones, I recognize, but it was someone appointed almost like a mediator or a third party, which you know all about, to come in and say, here's what I think we should do. I've listened to both parties and I think this is what we should do. And then the special master would report to the judge because the parties had been arguing for so long. Wait a minute. Is this really a guardian at litem for the trees? Um, it's no, it's more like a guardian at litem for the court. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. All right. So we've got, we've got a new term, a special and master. In that case that I'm talking about, the special master is a, is a creature of the rules of civil procedure. It's not something that we came up with, you know, overnight, but in that case, the special master was a wetlands biologist. And so he was able to advise the court as to what each party was saying and mm-hmm. try to come up with a mediated resolution, so to speak. Huh. Very cool. Okay. So it doesn't sound like this happens too often. I imagine it's a huge undertaking when it does happen. Yes, because think about the implications of that type of resolution long term. Who's going to monitor whether the wetland is continuing to perform? What happens if it doesn't perform? You're right back in court with another enforcement action. So it it can be a, a vicious cycle. Yeah, Especially that's- when you've got respondents that, hate to say it, but don't really care about the environment. Like, yeah, just dig a hole and put some hay bales next to it. It'll be fine. You know, that's not wetlands recreation or wetlands restoration establishment goes back to my original thought going out there with a hose and hoping it works (laughs) (laughs) yeah very cool all right so i i don't know if i actually had thought of the idea that you could recreate and reestablish a wetland um i just kind of thought that they were a unique piece of nature and and that was it Yeah, I mean, definitely the state prefers that you reestablish and restore. It would rather have you try to to better an existing wetland as opposed to going and creating another one. But it it does exist. I mean, it is a policy that the state of Rhode Island will allow in certain cases. So as part of um, looking at the restoration program in Rhode Island, I found that DEM has a habitat restoration portal online. So if you are interested in checking to see what um, wetlands are in need of restoration near you, there's a way that you can go online and check that out. It's a partnership with, I think, the University of Rhode Island, yeah, where they created this user-friendly webpage that you can... um, check out, provides data information and tools to the public. I mean, you and me, you and me can go on there. Um, you and I, you and I could go on there. And Webster and, says it doesn't matter anymore. Really? Yeah. Me or I, now it's kosher. I know. How can so you much just of something like that on me? I Listen, when you I heard it, grade school is? was ruined. 
the amount of ridicule that I've faced in my life for saying me when I should have said I, and all of a sudden it's okay. Hey, listen, you've got the whole rest of the day to email them that they're wrong. I was not can consulted. be nice. I was not consulted. <laughs> so me and you can go onto that portal. You and I. No, it's so uncomfortable. You and I. Anyway, public can go on there and check it out. Very cool. And that's, I mean, that could be fun if you if you live near a wetland, if you're curious about what's in your town. I mean, just something, uh, just a fun fact to know. Something where if you could help out with it, cool. I'm making this face because you said that could be fun. Do you not think I'm going to go back and look later? You're like way overselling this. It's not I kind of want to know. I'm nosy. Let's put it this way. I'm nosy. I want to know if my neighbors are doing a good job. That's really what it comes down to. No, you know what's fun? Happy hour. That's fun. This is like something you do when you're waiting to be seen by the dentist. It's not fun. It's informative, but it's not fun. I love the idea that you will go and look at wetlands while you're waiting for a teeth cleaning. Yeah, because you're miserable anyway. (laughs) You and me have something to discuss. (laughs) We have so many things to discuss outside of this. Okay. So on that note, everybody, who knew? You can make a new wetland. And sometimes the government's going to ask you to replace a wetland. So that's a wild fact for today. Um, yeah, and, and I guess note, the, the takeaway message too is if you have wetlands on your property, don't touch them. No, don't. don't touch them. Don't go in there and think you're clearing out and improving everything. And no, you're not an expert. You're not a regulator. The, the protections for wetlands are in place for a reason. And the government will find you. It might take them a little while but they will find you and you will get some kind of enforcement action. Yeah. Don't poke that bear. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. (laughs) All right. We have some chatting to do about what's fun and what's not fun (laughs) for everybody else. You can reach out to us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Desitel law. Um, Our email is Desitel ESQ. Nope. It's not. It's info. How many episodes have we been doing? I I, five. I don't know. Five. Twelve. This I don't like know. Forty. I same takes a dramatic sip time. of coffee. It's help. H e l p at desatelesq.com. All right. You're stay gone. tuned next week for a shift in outro responsibilities. Thank you guys <laughs> for joining us. <laughs> have a good one, everybody. Enjoy the Bye. rest of your week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Environmentally Speaking. If you're in need of an environmental attorney, we are here to help. Call us at 401-477-0023 or visit our website at www.desatellaw.com. That's www.desatellaw.com.